This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate podcast. And so is it better to ask for permission or forgiveness, right? Great question. I don't even, I tell my clients, don't even talk to the bank, just transfer the title. Their position hasn't changed. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Jonathan Farber. I hope you guys are well and healthy. For any first-time listeners, thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. The goal of this show is to explore ways to become financially free through real estate or to increase passive cash flow through real estate. A little bit about myself. I work in corporate America at a software company and my side hustle is real estate. I currently own eight units, a mix of small multifamily and short-term rentals, aka Airbnb. I've house hacked, bird, flipped, and as mentioned, short-term rentals to name a few strategies. I love to network, so hit me up on any platform, Facebook, LinkedIn, Bigger Pockets, Instagram, or just search Jonathan Farber Real Estate and you should find me. Also, if you are not already in the exclusive Facebook group, this is where I post most and do a lot of behind-the-scenes content of sharing deals, strategies, and systems. See you there. Let's get to today's show sponsor. After building my own portfolio, speaking with over 100 investors on this podcast and many more from the Facebook group, I've noticed a few common themes of why people don't get started or remain successful in real estate. They don't have the right team, they aren't sure of their market, or they don't know where to find deals. The people at Martel Turnkey are fixing this. That's why they offer fully turnkey properties in markets where the numbers actually make sense. What does this mean? It means they buy properties at a discount, fix them up, put a tenant in place, and oh yeah, give you options for property management or financing. They have people on the ground in cities where you can still cash flow and see appreciation every single month. I'll say it as simply as this. When you have the right team and systems in place, there's no reason not to get started. If you like a property or have any questions, you can schedule a phone call by clicking on the link below or going on their website and clicking on the contact tab to set up a call. There is no hard sell, push, or commitment needed. The call will be there to answer any questions you have or to see if or how their products might be a good fit for you and what you're looking for. So visit martelturnkey.com and click contact or send an email to info at martelturnkey.com today. What is up, guys? Today we have an awesome episode with Garrett Sutton. Garrett is not our typical interview. He is a lawyer and best-selling author who works with the Rich Dad Company. Some of you may have heard of the book or the company, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, kind of the key pillar of that, but there's many books and educational pieces that have come along with that. And Garrett just has an awesome perspective on asset protection, liability, how you get in touch with lawyers, all these things that I feel like are kind of this gated pit of bad information or expensive information. And he just really simplifies it. And he's just a really lighthearted guy. Like you could just tell it's a fun episode. We kind of go through all the things that I see or hear on a daily basis of ways or reasons that people get stuck and maybe get into bad situations. And also he talks about how you can get legal advice and find lawyers for no cost and then decide if you want to pay, but you might not even have to, if they can help you out in a free way. So we get into all that. That is the main learning of today's show 
it is just so interesting to hear about how he talks about the business side of lawyers and how they're not just trying to make money off first calls with beginner investors. They are looking for ongoing, long-term committed business. And an easy way to do that is to have first calls and you're not charging an expensive retainer. You're giving people advice and then deciding, letting them decide if they want to go forward or do business with you. So that's something I've heard all the time that I don't want to call a lawyer because I don't have to pay a fee. It's not a fee. If it is, you don't have to go with that person. Or if it is, they might be offering something that could really help you, but you don't have to anyway. So that's today's main learning. The tangible tip, I think you know where I'm going with this. Call a lawyer today in your city. Garrett talks about this on the show, but it is so important to have a lawyer locally in your city or wherever you're investing. And he goes into where you should set up your LLCs. That could have been the other main learning. He talks all about Nevada and Delaware uh, for different reasons. But today, just call a lawyer. If you do business in New York, call a lawyer in New York. If you do a business in Florida, same thing. Just make sure that you are getting people in your Rolodex or you're building relationships with people that can help you if you need it, or you can get maybe set up so that you won't need the help that a lot of other people run into down the line or trouble that they get into. So that's today's tangible tip. Um, really great episode today. Like you guys are going to love this one. And I'm going to be sharing this is basically my go-to for anyone that has legal questions because Garrett just makes it very simple. So enjoy Garrett Sutton. All right, Garrett, what is going on? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much Thanks, for being Jonathan. here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have you. I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about and a little different than what we usually talk about on the show, uh, where we have people that are gung-ho and uh, might not be making the safest decisions or protecting themselves uh, in the best way possible. So I feel like this is going to be a good, um, a needed show and and who better to do it than yourself. So uh, for those that don't know, you mind just giving our listeners a quick background on how you got into all this uh, from just maybe a, a first couple actions or thoughts that got you into this, and then also bring us up to speed on what you do today and what your business is today. Well, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and went to Berkeley and then Hastings Law School, which is the uh, University of California's law school in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, I enjoy uh, corporations and real estate. And, you know, I moved to Reno in 1989 before the avalanche or the exodus of all the Californians. So I was here early. And, you know, Jonathan, my first house, I, I had to expand and I couldn't sell it at a profit. So I kept it um, as my first rental. And that's kind of how I accidentally got into rental real estate. I just didn't want to lose money on the sale. So I kept it and found a tenant. And that was a good lesson for me. And then uh, in the year 2000, I became associated with Robert Kiyosaki. He, he's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the best-selling personal financial book of all time. And, you know, he asked me to write a book and I did. And, you know, he coached me on getting larger properties, investing more in real estate. It's really funny, though, that first single family home, I learned more on that than, than anything else. Uh, but I've invested in real estate over the years. Um, you know, I, it took my wife a while to come around to uh, like the idea of investing in real estate. You know, you have to have the support of your family. But now uh, uh, my wife and my kids, we always talk about investing in real estate. It's a great, you know, dinner table topic. Uh, so, you know, I've written a number of books in the Rich Dad Advisor series. This is probably of most benefit to your audience, Loopholes of Real Estate. You know, how to use asset protection when you buy that first property. You need to start thinking about how to protect yourself uh, right off the bat. And so that's what the Loopholes book uh, explains. 
the need for asset protection and how to do it. And a lot of people, Jonathan, think this is hugely expensive, thousands and thousands of dollars, and it's not. It's not expensive to do it. And you have to look at it as another form of insurance. Of course, you're gonna have fire insurance when you buy that first property. You also need insurance to, to protect you if a claim comes against the, uh, the business. So uh, I've been forming and maintaining corporations and LLCs uh, since uh, the, the late 90s. So I've been doing this for a number of years and our firm Corporate Direct helps people not only throughout the United States, but throughout the world. You know, a lot of people come to the United States to invest in real estate. Our, our doors are open for that. And so we assist uh, Americans and foreign nationals to invest and protect themselves in the United States. Awesome. All right. I have so many questions. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet and uh, not, not too rapid fire, but there's just a lot to get to. So um, a lot of our, our listeners or our audience, um, they are, let's say in their first one through 10 deals, they might have a corporate job. They're doing this as a side hustle and they can still tap into something, which is really nice, which is residential fixed rate, long-term debt. And as you know, with those type of loans, you can't get that type of financing if you are buying in an LLC. So a very popular question that comes up in our group all the time is, do I buy it in an LLC? Do I buy it in my name and move it to an LLC or do I just buy it myself, keep it myself and get strong insurance policies against it? I would love to hear your take on that topic. Okay. Well, first of all, you're always going to have insurance. Insurance is the first line of defense, uh, but insurance companies have an economic incentive to not settle every single claim. So you want to have that second line of defense, which is the LLC. If you take title in your individual name, and a tenant sues, they have a claim against you, the owner, personally, and they can get not only the equity in the duplex, for example, but all of your other personal assets, because that's who they were doing business with, Jonathan, not Jonathan's LLC. So the question on title is a really good one. Um, typically, you know, you're going to take title, the, they're going to require that you take title in your individual name, and then you can transfer title into an LLC. In most states, there's no transfer tax for that. Uh, you would transfer from your name into the name of the LLC. Now, the banks are going to say, oh, well, there, there's a due on sale clause. Well, you haven't sold the property. You've just transferred it from you in your individual name to your LLC. And the FHA has a, a phrase called continuity of obligation. And that's what's at work here. When you transfer title from your name into the LLC, the bank still has your personal guarantee. They still have a first deed of trust on the property. There's a continuing obligation on your part to pay the loan. So, uh, you know, the bank's position hasn't changed. And, you know, Jonathan, 20 years ago, banks would be like, you cannot do this. But I think most of them now realize it's better for them to have it in an LLC. It, they already have your personal guarantee and a first deed of trust on the property. They'd mm. rather not have the whole thing upset by a tenant suing. So it's in the bank's best interest too. And I'll, I'll be honest, we just do not see banks calling the note uh, when title is transferred from your name to an LLC. We just never see it happen. So can you take title in your name and transfer it to an LLC? Yes. Now. There's one state 
that has just this transfer tax that is really tough. Pennsylvania will charge you 2% to transfer title. So mm. if you're transferring title from your name into the LLC on a million dollar property, that's $20,000. So you wanna take title if you can on a Pennsylvania deal right off the bat in the name of the LLC so you don't have to pay that additional transfer tax. Got it. So is there any circumstance where you would feel comfortable if someone said, I just spoke to my bank and they, they are not okay with this and I'm going to keep the property in my name, but I'm just going to explore options for, let's say a liability policy and then an insurance an umbrella policy just to protect myself. Or is that just a hard no for you? Never do that. And if you do that, you're making a huge mistake. Yeah. And so is it better to ask for permission or forgiveness? Right. Great I don't even I tell my clients, don't even talk to the bank. Just transfer the title. Their position hasn't changed. Uh, so, you know, insurance is good, but I really prefer people to take title eventually in the name of the LLC. You're just much better protected that way. OK, I love that. That's great. Um, okay. So I guess just then going into a couple other topics here, and then we will get into, I guess, structuring and, and I have a couple other questions about just putting things together. But, um, one question we get a lot is I don't want to bring a lawyer into the equation or I can't even call lawyers because that first call is going to be so darn expensive. I'm, I'm going to have to pay a retainer. And now just having mm -hmm. lawyer friends that just laugh at this, basically, they, they basically are trying to avoid a, a front end first call. And they think there's a retainer tied to that call so that they, then they just don't do it. And then they're kind of just, just swinging in the dark. So then what, they're really going to need a lawyer when they get sued. Right. So let's work on the front end. Uh, we offer a free 15-minute consult with a paralegal to see if we can help you. There's no charge. You can call 800-600-1760, talk to someone. We don't charge. Most lawyers, uh, you know, it's not going to be that expensive at the start. They, they want to know if they want you as a client the same. You know, it, it's a two-way street. And so um, I think talking to an attorney at the start or someone who can give you the information you need uh, makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, unfortunately they don't teach this in school, right? I mean, I wish this was a topic in school. This is the, the start your own corporation. I book all my books are on audio. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to get this information on your own. You're not going to learn it in school. And so, you know, you can read up on this stuff, know that there's a lot of misinformation on the internet but you can gain this information uh, and then talk to an attorney. You know, having an attorney educate you on these topics could get expensive. If you read and then talk to an attorney with specific questions, uh, you're going to be much better off. Yeah, everyone just needs to go back and listen to the last like two minutes because this is such a common question and it's not worth putting yourself in such jeopardy over the fear or now we've just uncovered. And, and if you learn about this more, first calls are not paid calls because it, just to break this down even a level further, and I'm curious your take on this, you know, lawyers are more entrepreneurial than people think in most cases, they are building their businesses. They're looking for clients. They are looking to court people the same way any other businesses or salespeople are. It's just, I think for whatever reason, there's this stigma around it. It's almost like people think that they're calling like a, like a doctor 
and they're asking for free business, which is very different. This is, this is like more business. That's more like down an insurance path and just like almost completely unrelated. Well, these are urban myths, right? I mean, there, there are these urban myths out there that, you know, my cousin got hammered by an attorney who charged him $5,000 for 10 minutes worth of work. Everybody has those stories. It's just not that way. Like you say, Jonathan, attorneys are there to assist and they're not going to assist too many people if they're going to be charging unreasonable amounts right off the bat. So I really encourage people to, you know, if you're going to be investing in real estate, you need, you know, we provide the asset protection, but we're not licensed to handle tenant disputes in Mississippi. You need an attorney on your team in Mississippi that you can call off the bench, right? I think it's important to have that attorney contact before you need it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you might want to interview one or two attorneys and just see if there's a, a fit, if you click, and then have that, uh, that person as a resource for the future. Just another question we get a lot. I love that we're just checking through these here. We'll get to where the LLC should be set up, but for where people are doing business, I guess these are related, so we could probably knock it out in one, but where people are doing business, like I know a lot of people in North Carolina, they're not from North Carolina. So they have relationships in New York and they're not sure if they can have a lawyer in New York helping them with North Carolina business. What's, uh, what's up with that? Well, I mean, you really want to have an attorney licensed in the state where you're doing the business, right? I mean, we, we provide asset protection in all 50 states. Uh, because, you know, we pr we're providing essentially paralegal services. But if you're going to be signing a contract in North Carolina that has non-disclosure agreements and anti-compete agreements and all, each state is different with regard to those issues. And so you do want a North Carolina attorney to assist you. Right. All right. What's up with Delaware and Nevada? And everyone trying to figure out where's the best place to get their LLC set up. I mean, maybe, you know what, selfishly, we can use some of my business questions as an example, but I know it's going to help people in all, all these other cities. So um, let's say I'm building a flipping, wholesaling and rental business in North Carolina, and maybe we have short-term rental. So there's, there's a different assets, whatever. Um, I'm reading online and it's saying I should start my LLC in Delaware, or I should start it in Nevada. And then I see somewhere else saying I need to start it in state, and then I need to have a lawyer in state. So can you maybe just coach me through, and this is the same thing if a listener was to call you on, where do you set up your LLC and does it affect how you pay taxes? I told you there's a lot of misinformation on the internet. So let's get, so if you're going to be doing flipping um, and that's a trade or business, you're doing three or more a year, that would be an LLC, probably taxes an S corp. So you want a CPA on your team. Uh, now, if you're going to be holding an entity, uh, a, a piece of real estate, I would have a North Carolina LLC on title to a North Carolina property, right? Uh, on the inside attack where a tenant sues, they have a claim against the owner of the LLC, uh, of the property, which is the LLC. And in all 50 states, it doesn't matter what state you're in. It's the, it's the state they're going to sue in North Carolina. So that's, that's the same in all 50 states. Where Nevada, Delaware, and Wyoming come in is you're going to have the North Carolina LLC on title to the North Carolina property owned by a Wyoming, Nevada, or Delaware LLC. They provide the good asset protection 
on the outside attack. That's where you get in a car wreck. It has nothing to do with the real estate. So they want to get at the North Carolina property, but they have to fight through Wyoming, which we like the best, a Wyoming LLC. And the rule in Wyoming and these other good states is all they get is what's called a charging order, which is a lien on distributions. They can't barge in like they can in California. They can't barge in and force a sale of the North Carolina real estate. They have to fight through Wyoming and all the Wyoming court gives them is a charging order, meaning they have the right to receive distributions, but they can't go in and force a sale of the real estate. Now, here's the scenario. Attorneys who sue you on a car wreck are on a contingency. They get paid when they collect, right? So, and that's how the system works. We're not gonna change that. So the attorney's gonna get 35% of what they collect. So I always recommend that people have an umbrella policy of insurance for their cars and homes, a personal umbrella policy. If you get in that horrific car wreck, there's extra insurance money for the attorneys to get. A million dollars of extra coverage is only $400 a year, right? Then they, the attorneys can get at that insurance money and then they're gonna leave you alone on the Wyoming LLC. It's not worth their time to go to Wyoming, hire an attorney in Wyoming to get the charging order. It's just not a good use of their time. So the, the, the comprehensive plan is to have a personal umbrella policy for your cars and your home. Of course, you're gonna have insurance on your LLCs that own real estate, but then your North Carolina LLC that's on title to North Carolina property, your South Carolina LLC that's on title to the South Carolina property, they're all owned by one Wyoming LLC. We don't need to set up a new Wyoming every time. Mm -hmm. And that's what someone has to fight through on the outside attack. And that's just really good asset protection. Now I can go into the differences between this two, the, the three states, but we do like Wyoming the best. Okay, really helpful. Again, that's another portion that anyone that has that question could go back and listen. And you said it before, and like, I don't typically like to plug in the show, but just because you're like so detail oriented with this stuff, his group will do 15 minute sessions. So if you have questions that extend past this podcast episode and they extend past your education level that Garrett talked about already to not rely on lawyers to educate you, that you can get educated and then come with questions. It's just a better use of the time. It's better bang for your buck and it'll save you in the long run. Um, a couple other specific, like, like, in, like integral questions here of just like day-to-day -day stuff. Um, there's a lot of, I'd say questions around partnerships. We see this a lot of people not sure how to get started or, or organize things. So, um, the one that I, I hear a lot, um, again, good information, bad information is operating agreements. And there's a lot of operating agreements that float around on the internet. A lot of operating agreements that come with LLCs that are open on Zen business. Um, what do you typically advise your clients to do as far as organizing or steps they can take to set up a thorough operating agreement. And, and actually, what is an operating agreement before we even get into that? All right. Well, an LLC is, a, is an entity chartered with the state and you'll file articles of organization. And you want to keep those brief because the, the articles are public record. People can look it up. So you're not going to put in you know, all this information that's confidential. The operating agreement is the roadmap for how you're going to do, you know, operate the LLC. And they're very flexible. You can have all sorts of different arrangements within the operating agreement. 
Now we charge a flat fee of, of $6.95. If you mention rich data, it's $5.95. And that includes the articles, the operating agreement tailored for your use, the meeting minutes. You've got to have a certificate of ownership. If the IRS comes calling, they want to see that certificate that you have issued. The operating agreement, though, is the key document. That's the roadmap for how this works. If you're going to have a multi-member uh, LLC, two owners, you need a different operating agreement than you ha have if you're the only owner, the sole member LLC. And we have different operating agreements for different scenarios. The, the operating agreements on the internet, uh, we've looked at them and they're, uh, let's just use the word horrible. I mean, they are really not good. And you'll have people that throw out these operating agreements. And if you ever really needed to, to look at it, it, it just does not provide the level of protection you need. So you need a good operating agreement. But again, they're flexible. So you can put in provisions uh, that will account for the flexibility you need. Mm -hmm. Where do you see themes in people getting it wrong? or themes as far as mistakes in, let's say, people that are trying to cut corners or getting started and um, they end up regretting it? Yeah, we, we've seen the horror stories that, you know, the people go online and for $99, they get the articles filed, but they don't get anything else. They don't get an operating agreement. They don't get the membership certificates. And you don't know what you don't know. I mean, you're using this service that seems to be reputable but they're just there to take your $99. And some of these services, I don't know how they do it, but they once you've paid them, they know not to answer the phone. I mean, it's just really funny how, how they operate. I mean, we always pick up the phone. Uh, so that's the one of the key issues, Jonathan, is that they just don't have the complete package to, to be protected. The second one is kind of interesting. People will set up the LLC and think they're done. We, mm -hmm. and we talked about this earlier, you need to transfer title from your name into the name of the LLC. Uh, and so you're going to do that with a grant deed or a warranty deed. Uh, people out there say, oh, just use a quick claim deed. And it's really spelled Q-U-I-T, quit. It's not quick. Uh, but the quit claim deed doesn't give you the protection that you need with a warranty deed or you have with a grant deed. So always use a grant deed or a warranty deed and make sure that when you when you're on, buy that property, your name's on it, we have to take that second step of transferring title into the name of the LLC. Otherwise you don't have the protection. Can we just define a term that I even actually still get confused with um, and, and they're like synonymous terms, but title and deed. How do you think of the, the two words and what do they mean, I guess, in the bigger picture of real estate? Well, for me, title is, you know, the, the, the chain of title, the, the, the uh, records as to who owns the property, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the title companies have what's called a title plant. I mean, they have a list of everything. The deed is what transfers title. All right. So the deed is the kind of the operative document that transfers from Jonathan to Garrett. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I go to the county recorder to look up title, it'll say my name as the most recent owner. Okay. Uh, I know we're bouncing around a lot here, but these are just such important questions that we see all the time. I had a bunch written down. Um, you mentioned this before. I don't remember if it was before we hit record or not, but 
um, couples buying property or couples setting things up. And we have a lot of, I'd say, couples here or um, different sides of the house that are looking to get into real estate and expand their business. And maybe they're not sure how to set it up. I'm curious if you have any advice, best practices, or things you've seen that work better than others um, or bad stories from that. You know, someone's buying, a, a, let's say, a fourplex in this group and they, they're just going after themselves, but they're either married or they have a significant partner. Uh, any tips or best practices? Well, I think I started out by mentioning that I needed to get my wife on board for real estate okay. investing, right? That was so it. That's where that came up. Uh, so with regard to husband and wife, uh, you're going to take title in the name of the LLC. Hopefully we have the title holding LLCs owned by a Wyoming LLC. Ownership of the Wyoming LLC is important. So it could be husband and wife uh, in community property states as community property. Uh, it could be husband and wife as joint tenants, but a really good way to go, especially when you start having kids, is have the Wyoming LLC owned by a living trust. The living trust allows you to avoid probate. It provides uh, you know, a statement of if, if mom and dad pass, who, who's the guardian for the kids? It's just a really good document to have. And the probate fees, in, if you don't have a living trust, if you just have a will or you die without a will, your estate has to go to court, to probate court. And the probate fees for attorneys are pretty rich. By having the living trust, you're saying, look, I know what I want to do. We don't have to go to court. I'm going to have someone succeed me as a trustee. They'll take care of everything. We don't have to go to court and pay these darn probate fees. So mm -hmm. the Wyoming LLC is owned by the living trust, which is for the benefit of husband and wife. All right. Mm -hmm. The living trust offers asset, the, the living trust offers probate avoidance. The LLC at, uh, offers the asset protection. So they work together. Um, so that is a good way to go. Uh, once, you know, once you start having kids um, and you want to plan in case something bad happens, the living trust owning the Wyoming LLC is, is very standard. We see it all the time. And a living trust, you know, you can get them done for $2,000. And people say, well, geez, that's a lot. But go into probate. I know you're not alive to see this, but going to probate is $20,000. So, you know, to think about the future. Um, but if, you're, if you don't have a living trust, you can hold it as, as husband and wife uh, in, in individual names. And if you're a community property state, you know, California, Texas, the other ones, you'd hold it as husband and wife as community property. We've gone through so many of the questions I had. I would love to hear from you if there are any questions that you think people should be asking more of or anything that maybe is important that we haven't talked about. Well, let's see. I mean, I, th I think that another topic, uh, Jonathan, is keeping up with these entities, right? You've set it up. You've paid the fees to the state. Uh, it's, it's set up. You have a continuing obligation to keep it current. Um, so, you know, in Wyoming, it's $52 a year to, to the state of Wyoming to keep the LLC current. Uh, we, it's, it's included in the first year, but you need a registered agent to accept service of process, notice of a lawsuit in Wyoming, 
And again, it's free with us the first year, but then the second year, we charge $125 for that. So, you know, $177 for the year, you're current in Wyoming, you have a registered agent, which is required by law mm -hmm. uh, to accept service of process. Now, if you don't pay the fees to the state of Wyoming or any other state, they will revoke your charter, right? You have paid to set up the LLC, you have these continuing obligations. And if you don't follow through, then someone can say, you know, Jonathan, you didn't follow through with these corporate formalities. You didn't pay the state, you didn't have a proper registered agent, you didn't do the minutes every year. I always recommend that people do annual minutes. If you don't follow through, Someone can say, you didn't follow the formalities, we're gonna pierce the veil, meaning they get to go through the LLC to reach your personal assets. And so we don't want this to happen. We don't want someone to fall down and not follow these important formalities. The formalities aren't hard to do. It's just, it's really dramatic if you don't do them and they go through the LLC to reach your personal assets. So. That is a, a, a really important thing. And we provide a service to keep people uh, updated. We don't want you not paying the state and then all of a sudden getting sued and they're gonna hold you personally responsible. You mentioned minutes. Can you just define what that is? Well, states require that you have a meeting once a year, right? I mean, one of the formalities is you have a meeting once a year. And some states say you don't have to do that with LLCs, but when you go to court, the judge still wants to see you did the minutes. So you have the meeting. And if you have it orally, how do you prove that you had it? So what you do is you write them down and those are called minutes. So you have a meeting and you appoint Jonathan as the president for the next year and you write it down. And people think, oh, this is such a burden. But notice they're called minutes. They're not called corporate hours. They're called corporate minutes. It's really easy to do. And we give you a book. When you form with us, we give you a book with all the templates you need. You can do it yourself. We offer a service for people who don't do it. It's like going to the dentist for some people. So we will do that for you. But it's important to have it done every year. And even if your state says, oh, you don't need minutes, I don't want you going into court with no record that you're, you know, meeting. And so we like to have the minutes done anyway. Mm -hmm. You mentioned one thing there. I actually realized I meant to ask earlier, you said templates. Um, there are so many, again, like all this stuff, the internet, it's a beauty and a curse in a lot of ways. There's so many templates and contracts floating out there, promissory notes, operating agreements, um, let's say like a, a flipper is, is looking to start a business right now. And, you know, they're going to need contracts to secure properties. They're going to need contracts to, let's say, um, raise private money. They're going to need contracts to actually close on the deals. Um, and let's say, you know, they, they've, would you say they, they are better off finding templates in their state and then bringing them to a lawyer to have approved or, would you say they could go to lawyers for templates that could be kind of pre-bundled and then they could kind of, you know, adjust as needed? Well, on the, on the real estate forms, I think that the, you know, the state uh, brokerage, I mean, the, the uh, real estate uh, forms that each state has, those are usually pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're a real estate broker in Kansas, the Kansas realtor forms 
and, and true for every state are, are really pretty good. I mean, they've had their attorneys go through them. Now, on the contingencies and things, you know, you may want to add some language at the end, they have room for contingencies. And so maybe you want to talk to an attorney about that particular uh, contingency. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of raising money, uh, I would hesitate uh, getting a form off the internet that has you raising money. The securities laws are pretty strict. Uh, you can go to jail if you do these wrong. So raising money is, is a big issue. And I, you know, I always recommend that you have an attorney for that. You know, we look at some of these forms, the book we have, I mean, I've gone through the forms and, and, you know, I've made sure that these are, are, uh, you know, proper, properly drafted forms. Mm -hmm. Um, I just would caution people getting forms over the internet, uh, I had a client go to, I'm not going to mention the name, but a very well-known uh, legal service uh, on the internet. And they were happy to sell him the form, but they couldn't guarantee that it would work. They said, oh, if you really want to make sure it works, go to a lawyer. So, you know, what's the point there? Mm. Um, so you just, just be cautious. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, before we get to the books and the wind down and best ways for people to, to get in touch with you, um, I just had a curious question. You know, you're working with, um, you know, the, the Rich Dad group and a lot of investors that have started out have started with the Rich Dad books. You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I would say is, I don't know the stats, but I would just guess it's the number one real estate book ever. Of all um, time. Of all time. Okay, so yep. confirmed. Um, what is it like working in that organization? Um, I assume that you've had the chance to get to know Rob, Robert very closely and well, and just, you know, could you give us kind of a peek behind the, the curtain? I'm sure a lot of people are curious what that's like, what he's like, what it's like working there, all that. Well, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a great team of people. Uh, we get together and talk, you know, we read books together. We talk about current issues together. Uh, we've gone around the world together. I mean, Robert's message is not only important in the U.S., but we've been to South America, Australia, Europe. I mean, it, it, everywhere we go, uh, he is, uh, you know, sought out and, and people want to listen to him. I mean, we were in this tiny town in Bolivia, in central Bolivia, and we're in this downtown, walking around the downtown, and this girl is, has a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad in Spanish and sees Robert and just starts shrieking. I mean, it's just incredible uh, how popular his message is uh, around the world. And so it's been really enjoyable to, uh, you know, to go around the world, talk about the importance of financial education. Asset protection is important in all countries around the world. Um, I will be, I'll tell you, uh, Jonathan, that, you know, the old man sometimes can't teach their kids about this stuff. So I've been fortunate to take my kids on the road with Robert and they've learned from him, which is much better than from me. So that's uh, been uh, important too, but it, it's just been a, a really satisfying and rewarding journey for the last 20 years. That's cool. That's awesome. Again, just so many people have gotten started with the content and um, you know, it's cool to, to be talking to someone that's a part of it. Um, great segue into the books, the new books, the new content, what, you said before that this stuff is always changing. It's not a matter of just doing something once and never having to keep up with it. 
So education is the same way. So, so what's uh, top of mind for you as far as education goes, books, things that you're getting people smarter on? Well, this is my latest one, Scam Proof Your Assets, Guarding Against Widespread Deception. And, and you mentioned updating books. And I've told people, you know, the scams that are coming out there, they change every three months. I'd have to update this book every three months. Uh, so you have to know the patterns and the templates of fraud. And, and that's what this book does is, you know, you just have to be very cautious uh, and, and, and circumspect and, you know, skeptical. I mean, a healthy skepticism is really useful right now because uh, mm. people, you know, people are going to come at you and they have the best deal in the world and they're going to demand that you make a decision right now. That's a time to step back, right? And people are going to say, well, you know, I, this is a special deal just for you. You can't tell anyone. If the deal's so good, it, businesses want people to know about their services. You, you'd be very cautious of someone who, who asks you not to tell anybody about some sort of investment. That's just not the way it works. So, you know, we've provided people with information on, you know, um, I, I, I hope this isn't too bad, but, but, you know, in the book, we talk about having the BS detector, right? I mean, you just have to sort out all the BS that's coming at us through the telephone, through the internet, even in person, uh, and just have a healthy skepticism on things. That's really cool. And it's funny, you know, I know some people that have topics that are changing all the time, you know, they prefer to publish an ebook because they can change digitally faster than paper. And, you know, I, I mentioned a line that my dad always has before, but, you know, another one is there are people that are working equally as hard to do harm that there are good, you know, so it's a matter of always keeping the wall a little bit higher so that they can't get over it. And that kind of goes for everything, just making sure that you're always um, trusting, but verifying, or maybe being a little bit more healthy yeah. paranoia and, you know, yeah. just, just being aware of what your options are to this stuff isn't easy. So why run the risk of giving it all away on, you know, a, a stupid penalty or getting tripped up on something that could unravel years of hard work. So, I mean, again, it's, it's easy to put off, but it can really bite you. And, you know, even speaking to a lawyer friend of mine yesterday, it's just, uh, typically too late for people when they think of the things that they really need to with this stuff. So Garrett, what is the best way for people to check you out, learn about you, learn about your company, get in touch, all of that? Well, our main website is corporatedirect.com and we have newsletters. We, you know, we send out uh, information once a month on what's happening. So you can sign up for the newsletter. We have plenty of articles and all at corporatedirect.com. And then if you want the free 15-minute consultation with uh, an, an incorporating specialist, uh, you can go on corporatedirect.com and set it up, or you can call 800-600-1760. And, uh, you know, we'd be happy to work with you. Get on the phone, talk to one of our uh, incorporating specialists and see if there's a fit, if you like the idea of our service. There's no, uh, you know, you, you don't have to go with us, but hopefully you know, we, we present you with the information you need. And again, we do pick up the phone. If you call our 800 number, we'll answer it. Garrett, this has been so much fun. Um, I, I can safely say this has probably been one of the more fun episodes I've had, one of the more tactical episodes I've had in something that's so important. And so many people, I think, get stuck on or may get misinformed on. 
And it's just really cool and refreshing to talk to someone that has, I don't say this to, to every guest. So those that listen know that, you know, I'm not like a, a, a smoke blower, but like, it's really cool that you have made this stuff accessible and kind of fun and light, you know, it's also important, but it's not, it's not grim. It's not, you know, boring. I mean, this is, you know, a fun, but interesting conversation and things that people need. So I just want to personally say thank you. And also thank you for simplifying it and not making this gated, you know, you have to pay X amount of dollars to learn about this stuff. It's just, it's out and about, and there's a way to help people. And your firm also offers, you know, free touch points. So I, I really just appreciate what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, Jonathan, and uh, good luck to you and all your listeners and their investing. And, you know, we'll help you on the back end to protect everything. Awesome. Well, Garrett, thank you so much again and uh, best of luck in 2021. You too. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one -on -one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber at outlook.com. 